right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Comedically Hardheaded. So, what I'm aiming to do in this episode and possibly the next episode is just continue along the lines of storytelling. I'm really just trying to give everybody a chance to get to know me as me, you know what I mean? Like giving everybody an opportunity to see how I process information, how I see things, how I view the world, what's my perspective like. That way, when we get to the heavier subject matter, when we cover those topics that are not always going to be very popular or not going to be very comfortable to sit and listen to, you will at least understand the lane in which I'm approaching, you know what I mean? So I'm just giving everybody a chance to get to know me. So what I want to do is I want to tell you all about my experience being the only black child in a summer camp. And mind you, this wasn't just any summer camp. This was a camp that was in Europe. And this was a camp that thought it was a great idea to take a bunch of 10 and 11 year olds to the Eagle's Nest. If you're not familiar with what the Eagle's Nest is, the Eagle's Nest is one of the hideouts that Hitler used during World War II. So it's this spot in the mountains and Hitler had a whole little hideout there. We'll get to it in a second. But anyway, let me just give some backstory. So as a child, summer was always my favorite time of the year. You know, summer was lit. My birthday was in August. All your friends would be in the neighborhood all the time. You would be riding bikes, you know, go to the ice cream truck. I used to always get the firecracker popsicle every time the ice cream truck came. It used to be for like 35 cents at the time. I mean, it was just lit. And then, mind you, the sun would be out because, listen, this this was Washington State. So, you know, it, it's cloudy and overcast skies from October through April. So once the summer came, like the weather was good, it was lit. Especially when we had moved to Italy. It was really dope there because there was a pool in the neighborhood and all you had to do was have $2. And if you could have $2 and you were over the age of 10, you could go in the pool. And this was like a regular, you know, 12-foot pool with lifeguards. So you'd walk to the pool every day. And so pretty much the summer was good. As long as you had the house clean by the time mom and dad got home and you made sure to take out whatever meat they had set on top of the freezer and you made sure that it thawed out, life was good. But... My parents always found a way to get me involved in something I didn't always want to be a part of. They would always have me sign up for some kind of camp or some program. And looking back, I'm glad they did. It was a good thing because it gets you cultured. It helps you to get to know other people and stuff. But at the time, I was perfectly fine staying at the house. I was fine. You know, Fox Kids came on. I could watch The Tick and Animaniacs. And I used to watch, what else did I like to watch? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? I was good. You know, I don't got to go nowhere. But they would always have me in these different camps. So I remember one time they had me in basketball camp. Man, listen, basketball camp was something else, mainly because I just wasn't good. (laughs) Like, there's no way to say it any other way. That's why I always laugh when I see that Everybody Hates Chris episode, and, you know, he was, like, the only black kid at the school, and they thought he knew how to play basketball. I I swear that was my life. Like, I swear. And so basketball camp, the funniest thing about it is you had exhibition games that you had to play. So it wasn't even a camp. It was more so, like, you're really on a traveling team, and you're going to play. And so we would play all these other teams from the other military bases around Europe. So, you know, you'd go to Germany for some games, and you go play a game um, with some of the other kids in other parts of Italy. And the team that I hated playing the most was this team from Camp Darby. Now, we at the time lived in Vicenza, Italy, because the military base was called Caserma, Caserma Italy. Caserma Italy. I always say that weird. But anyway, Caserma Italy, the military base, was maybe about 30 minutes from Venice, 30 minutes from Verona, a little under an hour from Milan. Camp Darby was on the southern part of Italy. It was further down, and it was like around Livorno, like where Pisa is, where the tower is. And I hated playing Camp Darby because this is around the time when sportsmanship wasn't always the say-all, be-all. It was kind of introduced to my generation, but it wasn't really institutionalized yet. So the worst part of these games would be if you got fouled. And the reason why it sucked was Camp Darby 
they had this little distracting, ratchet little cheerleading squad that would just make you, you could never concentrate. And I used to hate getting fouled because I knew, like, dang, everybody's watching. Don't mess this up, especially if it was a game where it might have been close. Now, mind you, we're only, like, 9 or 10 years old, so it, it might be the fourth quarter, and the score is only 12 to 18. But, you know, the, the pressure's riding on your back. And you'd be getting ready to go for that shot, and I got to pause the music on this because I need you to just be in my zone. So I told you, I'm already not the best at this. So somehow I done got fouled, and I'm like, dang, now I got the ball. Now I got to shoot this. Everybody's watching. Please don't miss this. Don't mess this up. And so while you're trying to do the shot, you could hear the cheerleading squad doing their cheers. Here's an example of one of the cheers that they used to have. And I still remember this because every time we played this, I always got fouled. So I heard this stupid cheer all the time. And so they would go, M-I-S-S-I-T, miss it for me, baby, miss it. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you're like nine or ten, like, what, what the hell? That's not, you're supposed to say something nicer. And so you would go for the shot. Oh, God, and if you missed that shot, the way that they would be jumping and doing kicks and stuff, I mean, your feelings would be so hurt. You, you'd be so embarrassed. It, it was the worst. That, God, you know, that would never happen in 2018 now. That would be a think piece, and, and Twitter would have a field day, and MSNBC would do a long special, and, you know, whatever kid missed the foul shot while the cheerleaders laughed, he'd get a full scholarship to Harvard or something. But, you know, different day, different age. But anyway, back to my main point. So the camps just always, oh, they were trash. Other than this camp I'm about to tell you about, the other two worst ones had to be Vacation Bible School. Now listen, there were two different kind of experiences that I had when I did Vacation Bible School. There was the experience at the church that we went to when we still lived in the United States. You know, you know, like a black Pentecostal church. Vacation Bible School is more so kind of like church missionaries and stuff. You know, you get a nice little hot lunch or something. You might color a picture. Y'all play outside and then your mom and dad can pick you up. That was Vacation Bible School. Oh, and follow the Ten Commandments so you don't go to hell. That was Vacation Bible School. But... When we moved to Italy, the military base only had one building designated for churches. And so that building was like eight or nine different churches sharing the same space. And so, you know, you would have the Protestant church, the Catholic church, the black service was just called the gospel church. So that was all the denominations together, Kojic, Pentecostal, Baptist, AME, you name it. It was all in the same one. Um, They had the Hispanic heritage service. They had like all these different services. But when it came to vacation Bible school, all those services would come together and pretty much like the Protestant and, and Lutheran churches were the ones that were in charge of it. And so now Vacation Bible School at this church was very interesting because there was like a bit of culture clash with the kids because it was like me and a few of my friends that all went to the gospel service and then the other kids that went to the other services. We just all did things differently. And then the worst thing was like we had to sing every day. There was this white lady that used to come in there with a guitar. I can't remember her name. I'm just going to call her Mrs. Sunshine for the sake of this story. So Mrs. Sunshine would show up every morning. We used to sing this stupid song called All Around the World. It was so annoying because she would come with this big old guitar. And mind you, I'm already thinking all this crap is corny because at this point, my mind is kind of in the gutter. I'm like 10 years old. One of my friends who lived there, his dad had got Italian cable. And so we had found like the Italian porno channel. (laughs) So... You know, my mind was already in the gutter. So with Miss Sunshine coming out with the guitar, I'm like, listen, get through the song already. So we would sing this song, and, you know, it was called All Around the World, Kids Are Praying. And she would bring out the big guitar, and we'd have to sing and rock in a circle. And all around the world, kids are praying. And I used to just be like, God, this is so corny. Like, that camp was one thing in itself. Between that and we had this other song called God's Kids in Action. And it was like, I forgot how it go, but I remember we had to clap. And it was... Uh, dang, how did it go? Uh, oh, um, uh, uh, we are all gods and kids in action and kids. Like, stupid. 
it wasn't stupid, but just at the time, when you're 9 and 10 years old, you know, I'm wearing my little Reeboks, and my, I got my little Sean Kemp jersey on from the Supersonics. I thought I was the coolest thing on the block. So, being at that camp was the corniest thing ever. But anyway, let me get to this actual camp, because it's already been 8 minutes, and I ain't even got to the camp yet. So, here we go. So, at the time, I think I was getting ready to go to 5th grade. I might have even been getting ready to go to 4th. I can't remember. It was like 98 or 99. And... The thing about being a military kid or growing up is that when you move to different countries or move to different places, especially when you go overseas, literally everybody who goes to school with you is from somewhere that you're not from. Everybody. So you have a mix of people from the South, the East, the West, people from country bumpkin flyover town, people from metropolitan cities, people who, you know, all kind of different kids. So the kids all have different viewpoints and attitudes and perspectives of how they do things and you don't always get along with everybody and so I had a really good friend Marcus that was also on the basketball team with me when we did the camp and so Marcus was like oh I'm going to be going to this camp um when we get out for the summer my mom's gonna put me in it I go every week or every year okay cool and so Marcus and his other kid Tim had me convinced saying oh sign up for this camp sign up for this camp okay I begged my mom to go to this camp now mind you I told you I was good on camps I ain't never want to go to none but since my friends were gone I'm gonna go to camp because Tim's gonna go Marcus is gonna go we're gonna turn up at camp and so it's time for camp we fast forward because now it's the end of the school year Tim is not going to camp because his dad just got stationed somewhere else so they're moving and then I don't remember why Marcus didn't show up to the camp so when it's time to go to this camp I'm the only one out of the crew that was going and this was an overnight camp where we actually were going to get in the van go all the way to Germany because Germany was a few hours away on the bus and then stay a whole week so of course since my people ain't going you know Tim is flying to whatever state he's moving to and Marcus ain't coming it's like I don't want to go then because I don't know the rest of these kids that are going to be there I don't want to go so I'm like you, you know you, dad dad uh, I don't want to go to the camp no more is it okay if I just stay here and my dad what, 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 what? nope cause, nope because we pay $40 you going to go to this camp and I'm sitting here like really that $40 but you know so so since I liked my life and I didn't want to argue with my father because that might have been the end of it um, I just went ahead and said, oh, well, I guess I'll be at camp. So I packed my little bag, and then, you know, when it was time for me to go to the camp that morning, you know, my dad dropped me off at the youth center because it was in the neighborhood, and it was the youth center that was in charge of the actual trip. And so we loaded in this van, and then we pulled off. Like, And so here's the thing. The camp was only, like, 15 kids. You know, so it was me, this guy named Mr. Marty, this woman named Miss Veronica, and then, like, 14 other kids from the neighborhood and, and, and from the military base that were going to the camp. And so we were in this little... 15 16 passenger van and we were going to drive all the way to germany i don't remember how long it took i know it was a few hours because i know i slept two or three times and, and, and was knocked out but you know we drove and so where do i begin so strike one was the seating arrangements i'll always remember this i don't even remember the kid's name that i sat by but i just knew his parents smoked so he always smelled like newports and shoe polish and i used to be like god why do i gotta sit by him for some reason i ended up sitting by him on the whole ride there i don't remember how the seating was arranged but i had to ride with him and then strike two was we listened to country music all the way there now it's funny because now i actually enjoy country music i don't know if maybe that field trip planted the seed but man it was torture at the time because this is 1998 bad boy is popping and everything r&b is the ish and mind you you didn't get the opportunity to hear a lot of what was going on in the united states so only the biggest biggest hits made it to the italian radio stations we had a u.s military radio station that played american music but the genre changed every hour um, and so, 
you know, I would be pressed to try to hear what all the current stuff was. And so when they got to playing all this country, I'm like, huh? What, what, what? And at the time, Shania Twain's Come On Over album was really, really big. So when I tell you, we listened to that Come On Over album at least three times in circulation on the way there. Like, I can name all them songs. You're still the one. Don't be stupid. Come on over. Uh, what's, the, what's the one? Uh, From This Moment. Um, what up? Feel Like a Woman. That don't impress me much. I remember all them songs. We played, they, Miss Veronica played that album. She loved her some Shania. And I mean, I was sick of it. I like it now, but at the time, I was like, this is crazy. Why are we listening to this? So we listened to Shania all the way there. And then when Shania went off, we used to always listen to that, whatever the song was about the guy that plays the fiddle against the devil. Uh, yeah, this, this this is that kind of trip. I'm on it like, yo. And of course, some of the kids on the bus know all the words. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. So finally, we get to this campsite. And the campsite, I don't remember what part of Germany is, but I know it was close to Salzburg because that's where the little Hitler place was. And so, you know, we had to pitch our tents. Like, the first three or four hours was just straight slavery. I mean, we were pitching the tents and, you know, trying to get the tents built up and the tarp and the this and the that. And I didn't know nothing about that crap. So I'm sitting here looking at everybody crazy because the rule was if you couldn't put up your tent, you didn't have anything to sleep in that night. And so I'm like, dang. And, and then the other issue was none of the other kids wanted to be my little tent mate. You know, the, everybody had to get a partner that they were going to share tents with. But everybody on the bus had made friends. I didn't really make friends with nobody because I was over there rolling my eyes at everybody. So my karma came back to me. So I didn't have nobody to um, <laughs> room with for the tent. So I'm building my tent by myself. I'm like, ain't this some bull? So we finished the tents and it's dinner time. And now mind you, this the entire, because we're going to be here for a week. This is a one week overnight camp trip. So, you know, this is breakfast, lunch, dinner. So dinner that day, I, long story short, we didn't have any real hot food the whole time. It was always something you could put together. Like they had a lot of canned spam that they would cook over like the, the fire and mix it. I don't remember what we ate it with. I remember we had Spam. I remember for breakfast we would always have Chewy Bars and like an apple. Um, long story short, I was hungry the whole time. We, You know, when you come from a household where you get a nice hearty meal every day and your mama's usually cussing you out because she didn't put too much on your plate and you can't eat it all, it's a culture shock to go from that to eating a granola bar in the morning. I was like, what is this? Huh? Man, so... And what I hated was in the morning, you had to do this thing called the polar bear dip in order to start the rest of the day. If you wanted breakfast, you had to do, do the polar bear dip. And so there was a lake not too far from where we were at, and pretty much you had to go in and jump in the water. Your whole body had to be in the water, head, everything. And Mr. Marty was like, if your whole body's not in the water, you don't get breakfast. And the thing is, we were in a higher elevation, so even though it was summer, the weather was not that hot in the morning. In the morning, it might be like 45 degrees. So the water wasn't really that comfortable. And I used to always get pissed off because, of course, I was always the last one to get in the water because I was always trying to find every reason not to get in that crap. Because, one, it was cold. Like, you know, like I said, we're at a, a higher elevation, so the temperature is a little bit colder. The water would be like... It was just unbearable. Like, you ever think about, like, when you go to the pool, and if you don't just jump right in and you try to walk down the little ladder, as soon as that water gets to your, like, uh, past your thighs to your pelvic area, you're like, nope, uh uh-uh, hold on. Let me try this again. Let me take it. Okay. Let me try this again. And then you try to step in again. Like, same thing. Only this water was just freaking cold. I'm like, I'm not doing this. And, of course, all the other kids, come on, Michael, hurry up. Because, of course, nobody can get breakfast unless everybody's done the polar bear dip. And so I'm looking at everybody like, oh, y'all can shut the hell up. Because I'll honestly go and step on the Chewy Bar box. We won't have no breakfast. Okay? It ain't like none of y'all wanted to room with me to be the little tent partners. So all y'all can kick rocks. I don't care whether any of y'all eat or not. (laughs) Like, that's what I wanted to say. And so finally I would go and dip into that stupid water. Freaking cold. 
And of course, I didn't even bring swimming trunks. You know, I thought I could just wear my basketball shorts and all would be well. But you know, basketball shorts don't dry out in five minutes like swimming trunks do. So then after breakfast, when we would go do a hike or something, I'm freezing, you know, because everybody's still in their swimming trunks and, you know, we might go back to the water and everybody play around and stuff. And once it warms up, I'm in there freezing. But anyway, the worst part would be that very first night. That was the scariest thing because I, I had a tent by myself. And so our tents were like in the woods and I'm just laying there and you're hearing all kind of I'm like, what in the all kind of sounds. I'm like, what the hell? I don't know what kind of animals they were, but that used to freak me out. I was in that thing shook, man. When I tell you I went right in the center of my tent, like I didn't lay by the walls because I was always afraid if there was like a bear or something that would claw up my tent. If I was too close to the walls of the tent, they would like rip me and snatch me out or something. So I would always sit right in the middle of the tent and I was wrapped up like that crap. <sighs> man, listen. So later at some point during this whole camp experience, we go to the eagle's nest. And now the eagle's nest sits at the top of this really tall mountain. And so when we first got there, we were in Salzburg, Germany. We had to get on these really special custom-made buses because the, the roads are so narrow as you ride up the mountain that two cars can't fit. So these custom-made buses are literally built to fit so they can pass each other on these roads because these roads pretty much they follow the circumference of the or the perimeter of the mountain and so it would be the scariest thing because every time you'd be riding the bus you hear like a ding 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 and if you heard the ding 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 that meant there was another bus coming from the opposite direction and then your bus would have to pull over if you were going up the mountain if you were coming down you drove on the inside so your bus was you know along it aligned with the inside of the mountain if you were going up the mountain and you're on the outside you you rode up the outside so you could see the five or six thousand feet below and man Every time I heard ding, 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 that crap would freak me out because we'd have to stop and pull over and sit. And you'd have to wait for the other bus to come around. And you'd be so high. And the bus felt like it was just leaning. Like, like listen, I talked to Jesus so much sitting on that bus because I really thought we were just going to flip over. I just I just saw my life ending. I just saw me falling five, 6,000 feet and just landing head first and the bus blowing up or something. Like, I really thought we were going to die. And, and mind you, we only went like 10 miles an hour up this mountain. So it takes like 20 minutes to get up there. I was like, this is not fun. I don't enjoy this. I was freaking out. I was about one step from crying, but I didn't want to look like a punk in front of the other kids because I knew they didn't already rock with me like that anyway. So I didn't want to give them any ammunition. And so we finally get to this place. We get to the top of the thing. And I'm not going to lie. Hitler had a, a, a cool little spot. He ain't shit, but he had a cool little spot, I guess. It was like the top of this mountain. You went inside this elevator that was like the, the walls were all like copper I, th- I think they're like copper it was like a cave you went inside you went inside like this cave thing and then you went in the elevator and it took you up and then once you got up there it was like a whole house you could see all of the alps you could see over into austria and, and it was the weirdest thing because the museum was almost like they were celebrating the guy i'm like wait a minute from what i was told didn't he kill all these people why are we here and so you got this whole history lesson about the war in germany and all this other stuff i was like yeah i guess and so all the other kids, they're taking pictures and buying stuff at the souvenir shop. I'm sitting here looking like, I don't think I want anything. Come on, Michael, you don't want to buy something? No, nah, I'm good. Uh, I'm, I'm real good. I'm going to wait till we go to the next trip, I guess. Plus, my mama only gave me like $10 anyway, and I had to make that last for a week. So I wasn't about to just waste my money on anything. And then the other thing is like, as I was hearing the tour guide talking and telling us all these stories, you know, about the, the Aryan this and what was going on during the Holocaust, I'm like, yo, I don't think this is something for people like me. 
I think I might have actually been a victim if I was living there during this time, which is actually true. There's a book called Germany's Black Holocaust by this author named Purple W. Carr, and he writes about the 80,000 black people who were killed during the Holocaust that people never talk about. But anyway, um, so that was that. So after the Hitler trip, um, we went to a salt mine, which was in the same area. And at this point, things have gotten a little better with some of the other kids. I'm starting to kind of bond a bit with, you know, two or three of them. The rest of them still tripping. I don't really care like that. But the two or three that I was with, they, they were all right. And so we go to this salt mine. And it was this was probably my favorite. Well, the water park would have been my favorite part of this trip. But I'll get to that crap later. But this was my second favorite part about the whole camping trip. And so we went to this salt mine. And I thought it was the coolest thing. They showed you how they would go and mine the salt. Like we went in this elevator that went, you know, I don't know how many feet below ground. And, you know, you went and you saw all these different little exhibits. And then they had this theater room. And if you wanted to hear the movie that they were playing in English, you had to put on these little cool yellow headsets. And But I thought the headsets were cool because they had like a little microphone thing in the front. So I thought I was like Michael Jackson or Bobby Brown with my headset mic. And so, you know, we watched a little movie. But this is when I realized people were stupid. At the end of the museum, there's a whole exhibition portion where you can go and lick the walls to taste the salt. And so I'm just looking, and I, I just stop, and I just stand, and I'm staring around. I'm looking at all these people just licking the wall. Mind you, it looks like a cave in here, so it's like rock, and, and there's bits of salt embedded in the rock. And so there's all these people licking the wall. Now, here's the thing about licking this random wall that I'm sure thousands of people have licked before. If you're over 6'8", you're probably all right, because ain't nobody made it to that part of the wall. So, you know, you can do do whatever you want and, and taste all the salt if you want to. For everybody else who was, you know, five feet and down, because all of us were still kids and everything, our walls were all damp. It was just the nastiest thing I ever saw. Like, the walls just looked sweaty. And everybody's like, people would, like, lick one spot and then get up and walk off, and then somebody would come right after them and go to the same spot. I'm like, what the hell? Ooh. And, of course, everybody's looking at me because Michael's not licking the wall. So, Michael, come on. You got to come try it. Come to this spot. Nah, I'm good, y'all. Go ahead. Michael, you come on, man. Uh, and then Mr. Marty. Yeah, Michael, you got to try new things. And I'm looking at Mr. Marty like, look, <laughs> I said I don't want to lick the wall. <laughs> Besides, I'm sure at that point everybody in there had hepatitis C or caught something. Straight nasty. Anyway. What made me really not like the camping trip overall was when we went to this water park. Germany had this really big, I don't remember what part of Germany this was, but they had this really big indoor water park. I mean, it had slides, pools, all kind of cool stuff. I was so excited to go. So excited. Now, mind you, I can't swim. I mean, I, I can hood swim. Like, I'm, you know, you, you, everybody kind of teaches themselves a bit, so I could hood swim just a bit. But I couldn't swim swimming. You know, I can do all the tricks and splash and, and all that other stuff. I could do just enough. And so we get to this theme park, and we're at the indoor pool. I will always remember this day because I was livid. I wanted to fight everybody at that park. There were some German kids that were also at the park because, boom, we're in Germany. We're in their country. And so it was like three of them. And when I tell you they kept trolling everybody at that pool, it was like a wave pool I think we were in. And they kept trolling everybody. So I'm, you know, I'm chilling in my little pool and I can't do no swimming. So all I can do is walk, <laughs> walk and splash. And, you know, I had grabbed this little floaty thing. I'm chilling. And next thing you know, one of them like shooms right by me, like swimming, takes my floaty thing. And I'm hey, what you doing? And, you know, he swims around laughing. And the other two kids are like laughing and da 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 and cackling down. And then next thing you know, it's like they all come back in my area and they're trying to talk to the other kids that were with me. Because it was like th- those two or three that I told you I somewhat bonded with um, at the little Hitler crap. Um, you know, they were trying to talk to them because I don't think they realized that we were American. And so once they realized that, you know, we didn't really speak German, 
The cool thing is, unfortunately for America, we don't put a lot of emphasis on learning other languages, but when you go to other countries, they put emphasis on that. So the kids knew a little bit of English. Not, it wasn't that great, but you know, I'm sure they're probably fluent in it now at the time they were learning it. And so they start trying to talk to the other two kids that I was, you know, kicking it with. And for some reason, the energy towards me is not the same towards the other kids. Like, pretty much, they don't rock with me. And I know they called me the N-word. I know they got a German version of it. I know they called it. I, I felt it in my spirit. And so, they kept trolling. They, they were trying to clown me because they took my little floaty thing and I couldn't do nothing about it. And so then they started, like, swimming under the water and they would keep, like, hitting me in my, like, knee and everything. And I couldn't run because you're in the water. It's four feet deep. You can't move fast enough. I couldn't really swim. So, I mean, they were punking the hell out of me in this water. I was so pissed. And I was like, dang, I don't even think I can fight these three because these two that are with me that are from camp, I don't even think they got my back like that. So, if I pop off on these little German kids and get beat up, these other two are going to leave me hanging. Plus, it's probably not a good thing to be the only black kid at the theme park and then you get in a fight in a foreign country when you're already living in one foreign country but now you're in a different foreign country that's not the one that you're living in so I don't even know the laws and rules because one of the things they always told us is do not go over into these countries and get yourselves in trouble because you will not always be protected by you know the military statutes and everything like that especially with teenagers when they would like when we be like when they would be in school and it, I don't know they were in the actual part outside of the military base they were always told be very careful don't get caught up in any kind of trouble because if you violate those Italian laws it's a different ball game same thing with Germany and so it's crazy I'm thinking of all of this and I'm like 10 years old like literally 10 years old I should have just been playing and having fun I was so mad I wanted to fight them three so bad so you know I'm over here trying to get out of the pool I'm like let me just go to the little water slide because these three I was ready to punch in the back of the face the Von Trapp family whatever the last names were I was sick of them like they they just and I think they knew it they knew I was pissed off and they knew I couldn't do anything about it and so it was like they just had a field day and so now I'm leaving the pool I'm trying to go straight to the water slide I feel a draft these fools done pulled my little basketball shorts pulled my little basketball shorts down the little butts hanging out I was oh it was on I was living I was like okay alright that's what we doing okay cool and so I get up and I'm getting ready I'm trying to get over there cause I'm just trying to grab one of them I just want to touch one of them and while I'm trying to go and lunge at one I done slipped and fell already I, like, I got like three steps in and fell I'm like dang like I just couldn't win that day I was just going through it and of course the two or three that were with me from camp where are they nowhere to be found what are they doing they're going to snitch Mr. Marty Michael's trying to fight those kids and I'm looking like what Y'all just saw everything that happened. What? Oh, okay, cool. And then Miss Veronica only saw the second half of what happened with me going after the three of them. So she comes running over there. Michael, you are out of control. You are out of control. Take a time out right now. And I'm looking like, you know what? I like how I'm the one in trouble. And then so the, the, the three, wherever they went, they ran off and kept trolling other people. They weren't like, I don't think the kids were racist or anything. I just think they were like just being kids that like to troll and bother and get on everybody's nerves so nobody was off limits. And I just looked like the vulnerable one, so they came after me. I was so pissed. I remember I cried. I, I sat on a little bench. I was crying. I wanted to fight everybody. I wanted to fight the three German kids. I wanted to fight the two that were with me. And mind you, I didn't rock with them the rest of the camp. I was like, don't ask me for nothing. When I tell you that I took 20 minutes to do the polar bear dip the next day, everybody was hungry. <laughs> like, I was so pissed. My feelings were hurt. I was like, I will never do this crap again. And the only thing I could think of is like, dang, man. 
if Tim and Marcus would have been here, I would have had some backup. It was going to go down, which I'm glad it didn't, and I'm glad they weren't there because I can imagine the kind of trouble we would have got in for real. But I was livid, and it didn't help that there was no cell phones. This is the era before kids had cell phones. You know, parents had them, but kids didn't. So I couldn't call my dad and be like, Dad, you know, I'm ready to come home because he wasn't going to come get me anyway. But it was like I had to just sit through that camp for that whole week, and I wasn't going to see or hear from my parents until I got back home anyway. I was livid. The rest of that camp, I checked out. I didn't want to do nothing. You know, they were doing the s'mores by the campfire. I didn't want none. You know, I, but I waited till everybody went to sleep, and then I just went, and they had ran out of marshmallows and chocolate, so I just ate the little graham crackers in my tent over there crunching and chewing. I was pissed. Like, my feelings were hurt. I hated everybody at that whole camp. That whole camp. And I really wanted to fight them German kids. Like, if y'all just understood. Like, I, mm, I remember exactly what they looked like. It was one kid. He had, like, this really, really, like, it was, like, blonde. Like, who, like Michael Rappaport's hair color. Like, that kind of blonde. He had freckles. And he had these little red shorts on. I swear, if I ever catch him, <laughs> I'm still mad. <laughs> it's kind of like Family Guy when a dude, when a homeboy always fights the chicken every time he sees him on site. Like, man. Goodness. Mm, that's okay. And then the worst part was that I had to stay with Miss Veronica for the rest of that trip when we were at the theme park. So, you know, the wave pool was lit. Like, right when I got kicked out of the pool and had to stay with Miss Veronica, that's when the waves started coming. And, you know, all the kids are jumping and splashing, and you just hear the laughs and the screams. And, of course, the sound is amplified when it's an indoor pool, so it sounds like everybody's having some real fun. And I'm stuck with Miss Veronica. I got to go everywhere she goes, and she wants to do the stupid... What's the thing? You know, when you sit on the little the tubes and you just ride around. That's what we, I had to sit here and watch her do that. So I had to go on whatever she went on or just sit and wait until she got back. Because she was like, you cannot be trusted. This is not how you act when you go into another country. Blah, blah, blah. You know, we've paid for you to come to these trips and da-da-da. And this is how you repay us. This is not a good reflection on our program. And da-da-da. Like, she just laid it into me. I'm like, dang, Miss Veronica. I like how you, you want to be Miss Supervisor, but you didn't see what they did to me. But you just saw me lunging at somebody. Okay. And I was pissed because... I knew I would have been able to get one of them three kids if that water wasn't in the way. It was the water that messed up everything because it made the floor slippery and I slipped. Had we been on dry land, had we just been in the parking lot, it would have been a different story. Now, I might have only been able to take one of them and the other two might have jumped in, but I would have got at least one good hit in because I just wanted to hit them. I just want one hit, just one hit, just right, right on the chin. That's all I wanted. So camp sucked. I absolutely hated it. Um, <laughs> I was so mad. Like, it... <sighs> Some of it is on me, because I already had the wrong attitude coming into it, but it was just like all the cars continued to align the wrong way. And then, you know what the, the final nail in the coffin was? So around that time, some of the fast food chains had started making their way into Europe. Like, I remember McDonald's came to Italy when I was 10. It used to be this place called Burgies, and then McDonald's, I guess, bought them out, and then it was McDonald's, because I remember we went to McDonald's when I turned 10. They, the only McDonald's that was in the area, area was in Venice. And so Germany, Germany had Taco Bell, And they had Pizza Hut. And of course, you know, you haven't eaten that food in years because you've been living in Europe. And so I remember we stopped at Pizza Hut on the way back to Italy. I was so excited until we all had to get the same thing and nobody wanted pepperoni, everybody wanted cheese. I'm like, are you guys serious? Cheese pizza? We, okay, cool. So everybody just, we had plain cheese pizza. I was like, you guys are so lame. Oh. And I was going to be petty and just use the $10 my mom gave me to get my own pizza. But the part of Germany that we were in didn't take American currency. Like, there would be certain areas. Like, the closer you were to a military base, the more likely it was that there was, like, an exchange rate for you to, you know, use your American dollars versus, you know, at the time. I forgot what. I think Germans had francs. Francs? can't remember. And so, yeah. But anyway, finally when we get back, I was so happy. I was like, thank you, God. Just get me home. But then we had a problem. 
when my dad picked me up, somehow he already heard about what happened at the water park. And I don't know what Miss Veronica told my father, but whatever she told him, he was under the impression that I went to the water park. I went over there. I was fighting all these kids. I was difficult at the, all the stuff. I didn't want to do the water activities. I didn't want to do nothing. All the kids, I didn't want to have a roommate. I complained the whole bus ride about the music. Like, I was like, dang, Miss Veronica, it's like that. Because I thought she and I had made, we, I thought we had an understanding by the time the camp ended. And she, you know, because I told her my side of the story. I thought we was good, but you know. That's what happened when they be quick to call the parents right away when something goes down. And so, boy, I got cussed out so bad when I got home. And then I had to write her an apology letter and one Mr. Marty. I'm like, for a camp I didn't even want to go to. You know what? I'm actually still friends with Marcus. Like, we still kept up after all these years. So, you know what? I'm actually about to text him and cuss him out right now when this thing is over. Tell him that he wasn't crap for canceling on the, the camping trip. Man, and you know what's funny? The funniest thing is, even today... Since then, I have actually run six summer camps. And summer camp is still my least favorite thing to do. I absolutely hate it. Oh, the the time that I'm most likely to want to quit this job is when it's summer camp time. Because something about summer camp is just, God. You know, the kids enjoy it, though. My kids really have a really good time. They can't wait. They be pressed to go to that crap. Me, on the other hand, I'm tired. You got to entertain kids for eight hours. And it's hard to keep them entertained for eight hours, for eight weeks, from nine to five. You run out of stuff to do. Because they want to do everything. But, you know... It is what it is. So, that was this podcast. Um, be sure to check out the next podcast that will come out on April 17th. I always try to do the podcast bi-weekly and release on Tuesdays. But, if that's too long of a wait, you can always subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just look up Calvin Michaels. I promise I'll pop up. I usually do between two and four videos a week, depending on what's going on in the world. And you can also follow me on Facebook at Calvin Michaels. Or you can follow me on Instagram. Just look up Gimme a Beat. G-I-M-M-I-E-A-B-E-A-T. I think you can also search Calvin Michaels in that page to pop up. Um, and that's pretty much it. I will see you guys next time. I'm out.